Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. podcast before the christmas break the oilers give their fans a little something to celebrate a little early presents bouncing back from a three-game losing streak by winning back-to-back games in comeback fashion jason strudwick the star of the show appreciated and here tonight standing by to break it down rob brown will be here too Welcome to Got Your Back, brought to you by Sherwood Buick GMC. They want to thank you for your continued support, 2023. It's because of you, they were the number one GMC volume dealership in Canada. They'd like to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and a fantastic 2024 year ahead. Visit Phil and the crew and Sherwood Parker online, www.gmcpod.com. Don't forget, mention Got Your Back sent you. You'll get great pricing and three free details as part of the package. Coming to you tonight from our long shot studio, all game days, all day happy hour specials, $5 long shots lager. Steve Taylor manning the controls in Kelowna. Zuby is off on some family time. And Rob Brown and Jason Strudwick joining. Brownie, you probably didn't hear last podcast. We had Ray Ferraro on right after the game. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked at it. It was five minutes before Strud said his first word of the podcast <laughs> because I was in a panic. And so it was like I did my intros and my ad reads, and then I brought in Ray, and then I asked him a question, and then he went on for a couple of minutes. So, Struddy, that's why I'm – can you feel the love? Tonight's going to be the, the Jason Strudwick appreciation night because last night, when I when I went back and listened to it, Struds, I felt bad. It was a bad one. Yeah, and you should. You know, I, I actually text Drager and said, like, what am I missing here? Like, is Ray that great? You know, like, uh, I mean, like, I not even like a, hey, Strudwick's here tonight. So you kind of find out where you're on the pecking order. We see now your national guys, your big timers, your Ray Ferrar, your Darren Dragers. And then and Rob Brown. I'm underneath that. Rob Brown? Yeah, yeah, you can put Rob Brown on the shelf with those guys. Outrageous. <laughs> so I, I literally, Brownie, I'm like, hey, everyone, just so you know, I'm here tonight. I'm Jason Strudwick introducing myself. And there's a, a couple nice tweets about it. I uh, like the way you look tonight, Strudwick. And I get that one all the time. But still. Well, it's, it's funny, though. I, I have noticed, though, that your microphone is, is, is muted. It's a little lower than usual. I, I We were looking before it, I think. Ryan's done that. He doesn't want to hear as much from you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, did, I did get it. So on our show tonight uh, with Reed, uh, someone called from Australia today nice. and said, and said, Mr. Brown, could you tell your buddy Struds it's prawns on the Bobby. It's not shrimp. So could you please that pass along to your friend Struds? So Struds, it's prawns on the bottom. So that's the one they took offense to, Brownie. It wasn't that's... the crocodile, whatever, karate dundee. Wasn't that the accent. wasn't what he focused on? I think he was just trying to be nice because he thinks that, well, I mean, Strudge has had a tough week. I mean, he's fallen on the pecking order. I think in Australia, he's, 
He's now off of the 50 most influential podcasters from Edmonton area. <laughs> He's down a little lower. So he was trying to send him some love. Oh, buddy. I appreciate it. I appreciate the info. I'll use it. Prawns on the Bobby. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Aussie. So I think you're about nailed it. It's great to have both you guys on the podcast. Struds, we have lots of fun when it's just you and I. I know you and Brownie had a blast when I wasn't there, but uh, <laughs> we're at our best when we are three strong. So, Brownie, sure. it's true. good to have you tonight. One question I have for you, though, Brownie, you think you can get your face any closer to your camera or no? Well, I don't. I could. My goodness, man. And this thing, well, this thing that you bought me from Walmart just doesn't hold the camera very well. Like I'm struggling; it keeps dipping down. Like this, like this is what the rest of us are seeing for you. Like it's this, really right there. Hi. There you go. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm not. Light? I'm just a hockey player. I don't understand this media stuff. I'm here though. I'm ready. Bring ready it on. Should we I'm go? Ready to go. Let's, Let's, go. Let's go. launch. Let's launch. Yeah. Let's launch. Let's get to the breakdown brought to you by Mr. Dirk, an iconic men's clothing store. If you're looking for a last-minute Christmas gift for the gentleman in your life or for yourself or for a friend or for your brother or for whoever, go see Sterling, Dan, the great crew down at Mr. Dirk. They got everything you need for every aspect of your wardrobe, big lineup, casual clothes, jeans, pants, shirts, sweaters, shoes. And then on the more formal side, you've seen me when we do post-game pods from the rink, right? Mr. Dirk's stuff is sharp. Looks fantastic. I've been buying their suits for I don't even know how long, a long time, and I highly recommend it. MrDirk.com is the website. You can see all that they have to offer. Um, two games in a row where through 40 minutes, not entirely dissatisfied with their effort, but trailing in game struds. Two games in a row, they come out blasting in the third period and save their night. Similar scripts. It's rare to see that happen in back-to-back -back games, and quite frankly, it's pretty damn impressive. Well, you know, we go back to when Ekholm arrived at the Oilers. He talked about feeling comfortable either being up or down by one goal, heading to the second period, knowing you can lock the other team down and still win the game, whether you need to get back in by scoring or you just hold on to a one nothing lead. Well, the Oilers have done it now back-to-back -back nights against, you know, one really good team and one team that's, you know, expected to do more than they have. Uh, I thought they were quite great, and they were patient games. They didn't – what we'd seen in maybe in, in the past is the Oilers get away from their game maybe the second half of the second period, and they pretty much stayed with their game plan, right? They kept trying to work where they didn't get away, didn't get frustrated, you know, just keep pushing the same buttons – and they got it done. So I, I love tonight's game. I thought tonight's game was a great game for them to owners. Uh, the way that everyone contributed. You had guys that hadn't scored for a while or not enough. Find the back of the net. And at Brownie, I, I, this was a great way to go into the Christmas break for the owners. And their flight home would be pretty merry, I bet. I agree. I, I thought this was an important game. Uh, they had a chance to go with back-to-back -back wins in two tough barns and have uh, a break where they've won 10 of 13 games. Or... They lose tonight. They go into the break having lost four to five games. It's amazing yeah, how yeah. one game can change the whole <laughs> complexion. But what I, I, I what we saw in the past with the Oilers is that if they were within a goal, even two goals going into the third period, they always had a chance to win a game because their power play was so good. They needed a goaltender that would give them a, a quality start. And these last two games, what you love about it, they got the quality starts and they haven't had to rely on their power play to win it in the third period. It's even strength goals that are doing it. It's even strength goals from different lines. So yeah. I think that's even more impressive than what we've seen in the past is they aren't just relying on a standout effort by their goaltender and their power play coming through. 
They've had in, in New Jersey, all four lines scored. Today, yeah. their top three lines scored. Those are huge things going forward. Love it. Yeah. Uh, the doctor therapy is just thrown into the stream. What I was just going to follow up with, uh, or McDavid, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know Drysaddle scored yesterday, but, but or Drysaddle. Like the fact that they're finding ways to win games without their power play and with those guys not necessarily being the tip of the spear the way they normally are, like Strud's, the confidence throughout the lineup, the middle six, we've been talking a ton about it. Some nice little uptick here for the middle six. Well, let's give credit where it's due to uh, the head coach. You know, you, McLeod and uh, Fogel move in beside Leon. And those two guys, uh, I mean, what is that now? Four goals between them the last two games, I believe. And then oh. Leon, you know, obviously sold that line. You know, you, you talk about them, they got five goals between them. That's that's pretty good for a line that, you know, was put together that I don't believe they've played together any more than maybe a casual mix here and there. So um, I think let's give the coaching staff some credit as well, making that shift. Uh, to to that line. Now, I think there's someone who's outside of those top six who isn't happy <laughs> where he's playing. Now, we can guess who that player is, but I think we could tell by the way he was, his body language today, the where he's feeling. He did score, but, um, you know, we'll save that maybe for later. But I I, I like the way that line's looking right now, and I, I, I do like that speed on the wings for Leon. You know what, it, what about that too, Struds? There's games that you don't win but you have a push in the game and that could lead into something for the following game. The game against the Islanders, they didn't win the game, but that's when they made the move. In the third period of that game, they put right. Fogel, McLeod, and Dreisaitl together. They didn't win the mm-hmm. game, but they outshot the Islanders, I think it was 18-2 to two in the third period. Because they played so well in that third period, in New Jersey, the coach kept those lines together. And shocking when you think about it, at the beginning of the season, if we would have said, okay, Kane, you're playing with Derek Ryan, and Fogel and, yeah. and McLeod, you're playing with Leon. But the coach saw something, and he mm-hmm. kept them together. McLeod has been first star in back-to-back games. Fogel was second star tonight. In all honesty, I thought Fogel was their best player yeah. tonight. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with you, Strides. Give the coach credit. Those are not easy choices. Those are not easy ma- moves, As and we will talk about it. There's players that are not happy about it. Well, when I say player's player, is not happy about the moves. <laughs> yeah. But this, the, the problem with that player not being happy, this is a team that just won back-to-back games yeah. in New Jersey and New York. There should have been huge celebration during the game and after the game that wasn't there because of the way that this team played and everyone contributed. Okay, let's stop speaking in code. <laughs> We're talking about Evander Kane. We're going to get there in just one minute, but I want to stay on Ryan McLeod here for a second because another really solid performance from him. Really, really good. His two best games of the year come back to back, and it's such a good sign for him. Now, KGill97 says, Ryan, are you going to eat some more crow tonight about Ryan McLeod? I got no idea what you're talking about, KGill. I'm not eating crow at all. He was garbage earlier this season. We said he was garbage earlier this season. I said I believed in the player. He's playing better, and we are happy to speak about Ryan McLeod playing a hell of a lot better right now. He's found his game. He's found some confidence. Struds, did you see him in the corner get up pissed off and shove a guy? We've never seen that from Ryan McLeod (laughs) ever. This guy has bought in, and he is finally showing up to compete. Yeah, and it's, you know, competing – is, is it's something you can really control. And we've talked about a lot. You know, you, you can't control the refs or your ice time or um, your line mates, but you can control how hard you battle shift and shift out. 
And, you know, when you, you give that push, give that shove, I think it makes a difference. And even his goal tonight, um, he just hangs around the front of the net. He's just waiting, waiting, waiting. And the puck eventually comes to him, but he's in the right area, you know, and then it's, I know it wasn't the hardest goal to score, but just going there and staying there. I don't think we've seen enough out of him this year. And Brown, you made a really good point. I can't remember if it was, I think it was, it was the last maybe two days ago, but the orders, they, they were scoring from around the net. They're staying around the net. They're, they're scoring goals from around the net. And I love that because those, it's not unskilled, but they are more unskilled goals than three passes in the back door tapping, buddy. Well, I, I made a living there because it's the way where all the unskilled guys hung out. So it was like, hey, I'm going to hang out with Luke Payne. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you were such but, a plug. Yeah, but, Brown, but, you were such a plug. But what I love about McLeod, and we talked about McLeod earlier in the season. McLeod was too perimeter. He would come in with a ton of speed. He'd go around the outside of the boards, behind the net, around the outside. But it was always perimeter. In the last two games, he scored the goal. Uh, I think it was Gagne set him up. He stood. He was right in the blue paint, back door, shot it in. The goal that he picked up off the boards, rimmed around, he picks it up off the boards, he drives the net, makes a move, and continues to go around the goaltender and shoot, but he went to the blue paint. And then again today, very easily could have drifted, but he stood in the blue paint. So these are the things that we have talked about, and and every, Ryan McLeod's heard it for the last three years here from his coaching staff. You've got to hang in the blue paint. Watch, we, we talked about it on the podcast, you know, have a little string from him to Kane or from him to Hyman. So he has to go where they go because they always hang out in the blue paint. <laughs> and tonight he did, and he's been rewarded. And what you find, when you find some success, you start realizing, hey, wait a second. It feels good scoring goals. Where did mm -hmm. I score the goals from? So hopefully this will carry on past the break because uh, we are starting to see the McLeod that we all hope that we would see. Maybe he's not a centerman. Maybe he's a winger. Maybe it makes it easier for him. But he has been very effective these last couple of games. Yeah. You know who didn't hang around the front of the net <clears throat> on McLeod's goal? Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Did you see him peel away on that two-on-one struts when he yeah. didn't get the puck? It was just like that wingman just broke off. Like he was gone. He basically like huge circle away. But good for Ryan McLeod. He went to the front of the net there and he hung in there. I'm making an executive decision. The Evander Kane discussion is going to be a good discussion. I'm going to push it to the next segment, though, for our takeaway segment, because I want to be able to dig in on that a little bit. And there'll be some negative energy. The Oilers won tonight, so we'll keep the breakdown going a little bit more positive about their win because there was lots to be positive about. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson sound box. Here is the netminder, Stuart Skinner, talking about getting absolutely cratered in the chest and face with that shot and then the interaction with Mika Zibanejad. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, Zibanejad came up to me after after knocking, not, almost knocking me out. And he, uh, I made the save and he was like, all right, we're even now, so we can we can call it square and made me laugh. So, um, no, they, they're really nice about it, actually. After that whole thing happened, a lot of their team came up to me, asked if I was all right, which was, uh, I thought, uh, really professional and kind of them. You hate that stuff, don't you, Struddy? Guys being nice to each other out there I between do. the whistles. Yeah. Hey, man, you okay? Hey, you good? I mean, maybe they could have bought him a scone or something, you know, maybe a, a New York bagel. <laughs> I don't get that. You know what? Yeah. Anyways. See, but I, Strads, I, no, no, no. You know what? I you don't it. get it. No way you don't get it, Strads, because you were yeah. a big, mean, physical defenseman. But if you're, you're a skill, if yeah, well, I didn't want to say that on air. I didn't know if yeah. I was allowed to swear or not. But no, when you're a skilled player, when you're a skilled player, you want to make friends out there so that the <laughs> other guys before they won't cross check you in the back <laughs> of the face. You know what? That's the Benajad. 
Yeah, he's not that bad a guy. I, I could have run him through the boards, but maybe I won't. Yeah, this I, is like, I, I what thought a that was hilarious. Guy. Huh? How, how are your feelings? Are you feeling okay? Like, was that Good shot run. too hard? Still comfortable I there? Less? I just, it just, I, I, I'm not there to make friends and I, and I, whatever, I don't want to get into, but I'll say this guy. No, no, get into it. I hate it. I, I just, I hate it. We're, we're, we're just buddy, buddy. You can be buddy, buddy before and after. I don't care if guys talk to each other and warm up. I, I never did, but I don't, I don't mind if you do, but I think you're in the middle of a game. You're competing. Sabinajad did nothing wrong. What's he apologizing for? Skinner's paid to stand in the net and take shots off the head. That's the job. You asked for it. Just the same as a D-man is asked to block shots. Sometimes we take it off the ankles. We don't complain. I don't I just see no one come over. Hey man, sorry about that shot on the ankle. No problem. Thanks for reminding me. Like it just it bothers me so much when guys do that. But it's Christmas. I'll try to get off it. But I'll say this: I wouldn't have been surprised if that goal counted, guys. I think Skinner threw his helmet off. Well, he did in that moment. Yeah, but he it was did. broken. You're allowed to do that. Broken. You're allowed once to throw your broken, helmet off. I think the strap came off. I believe yeah. the broken yeah. was once, a... once the strap is off, you're allowed to shake it off. I you're 100% thought... allowed to shake it off. Very... I... Nope, that yeah. was the right call. And you know, the Rangers didn't complain about it. They knew that's the right call. It's okay. a safety issue. But enough. And they did the continuation thing. If the puck yeah. would have hit his chest and the, fell in the, the crease and they pushed it in there, they might have allowed it to happen because yeah. there's nothing he could have done. But as soon as well, the puck went 20 yeah. feet away, it, it was a no goal. It was the right call. Well, someone says, went, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead Sean. I, I hope someone checked in with the person to make that decision to make sure that they were having an okay night. Everybody okay. And, and maybe they, their coffee was too warm or maybe they were upset about the traffic jam heading into New York. Like, you know, give me a break. Struts, you know what? I'll call you after, buddy, and we'll talk. I mean, I, I don't want to talk. Do, maybe do you want, do you need a hug? We're getting some I can come over get a hug. here. JL says Struddy's World starting early tonight. No, no. We got Struddy's <laughs> World still to come. That's Brownie's oh, favorite segment. Up. Everybody loves the ego says totally agree. Shane Matheson says no friends on other teams. Killer mentality during the game says Calvin C. Noah says Struddy's the old guy yelling at the clouds. Multiple times this year, even the old guy yelling at the clouds. Uh, I got a quick question. Oh, you're muted, Strud. Oh, my. You sounded so good. That's Best thing you've had all night. You're muted. You're still <laughs> muted. I'll say this. I, I will say this. <laughs> the one time I'm on fire. No, I, I, I'll say the one time where it's okay. The funniest thing I heard is when Sean Horkerhoff was telling me that, you know, he'd be beating a young guy on draws and there'd be like a neutral zone draw and a young player would come up and say, buddy, you've been killing me all night and the coach is all over me. Can you let me win this one? And, uh, and, you know, sometimes Horak would say, yeah, I would let him win it. And then sometimes I'd just destroy him because I want him to keep having a bad day. And I like that mentality. Like, you don't want your other buddy on the other team to have a good day. You don't want him to feel good about things. Like, yeah. I wish Skinner said, oh, it's nothing. Like, that, that is nothing. Yeah. That's a nothing shot. Like, But he's not an asshole like you, Struds. That's the difference. I, yeah. we, I played one year a long time ago. Mar Matthew Barnaby, we were playing in Boston last game of the season. Joe Thornton was a rookie. And it was in the paper the day of the game that he got something like a hundred thousand dollar or something huge bonus if he yeah. got two points. And Matthew Barnaby played against him all night long. And every face off that was in the our end, the Penguins end, Matthew Barnaby said to Joe Thornton, "You've got two seconds. I will not check you for two seconds." We were pulling for him to get the two points. The game meant nothing for us. Boston was at that time a cheap team. Drug we wanted him to get the bonus, and he did get it. Come on. Wow. Yep. That's a good story, Brown. I yeah, love that. That's great. I'm sure Joe bought him something nice. Joe doesn't care. He that's did great. not care. Like Matthew, who? He did as a rookie. He, just, he did as a rookie. Ma he cared. Matthew, who is it? Barnacle? 
<laughs> no one cares. God, that's great sportsmanship all the way around. Um, uh, Brownie, I do have to call you out on something. Okay, um, I'm good with that. I believe you used the term cross-check you in the back of the face. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, you said. Tonight? Yeah, cross-check. Yeah, you were talking about Strudge, and you said he'll cross-check you in the back of the face. I did. I'm just oh. confused about that. Where? How I, you? Is it the back of the head? Is that? I honestly, I don't remember saying that concussion syndrome. So I'm, I can deny. It's what Steve, I do with my wife. Deny, Steve, deny, deny. Get, Strutty, you think he said it right? He said back of the face, didn't he? Yeah. I don't want any confrontation. I just <laughs> we're anti-confrontation. Let's, Let's just, just all be nice. Make sure everybody's okay. <laughs> okay. Here's here's a little confrontational <laughs> conversation for you. How about this one? <clears throat> the last minute of that hockey game. You're playing for your goalie, right? The difference between two goals against and three goals against in Stuart Skinner's world? It's one. It's one, exactly, yeah. Brownie. It matters. So you're playing for your goalie. They're not getting two on you, and everybody knows. Bear down for your tender in the last minute. Everybody bear down. Skinner looked pissy after that third goal for just a split second, and I don't blame him. He was his usual chipper self post game. But did that bug anyone else? Bear down in the last minute. Your goalie gave you a chance. The difference between two and three to him is big. Yeah, no, didn't bother me. Struts. I, I I was shocked though that that they missed the open net nine times. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I would have bet my house that Connor McDavid, when he had the puck below the goal line, he was about to go and shoot it into an empty net. I'd be houseless today, but uh, yeah, no, it, it meant nothing. The game was over. They won the game. That's all that matters. You got a goalie trying to dig out, Brownie. Mm -hmm. Trying to dig out in the big picture. So yeah, great what game. do you think, bud? I mean, that play yeah. was there. The puck was there to be cleared. Yeah, I wonder if Sabanajad went over and apologized to Skinner after for scoring or for his teammates scoring on him. Right? No, he, like, was, he wasn't out there at that point. That was some other yeah, guy that well, scored. Should, I hope he texts them later then just to let them know that this is what happened. Well, they, no, did you see they hugged after the game? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> did they really? Yeah. No. We this is what I would throws. say. I would say this. I'd agree with you. Now, let me ask you this. Let's talk about player selection at the end of the game there. You know, you would there be an outline you could put on that maybe look a little bit different? Could you put a uh, Fogel McLeod Brown line out there to protect a two goal lead at the end? Would that be a different look rather than the guys they had out there? Well, well I'll, I'll ask you this, Struts. I'll ask you this, Struts. Yeah. When you're on yeah. the when you're killing a penalty six on four, Connor McDavid doesn't kill penalties anymore, and all of a sudden yeah. he was killing a penalty with an empty net. Yeah. I was shocked by that. Yeah, yeah, and and Leon is out there uh, on the penalty to win faceoffs. Yeah, and but also because I think Nuge was in the penalty box, right? When he when knew Jeremy Dad went into the penalty box. So yeah. I think that's also time. So yeah, it it is an interesting setup. Like just the usage of the players, right? It, it, so yeah, I might have looked at a different player group of players. Drysaddle had a chance to clear that puck in the middle of the ice and ends up in the back of the net. I didn't like that one. I don't know why. I just I feel like your goalie gave you a chance. Like that last minute, you got on the bench, you got to be going, come on, guys. Like buckle yeah. it down here for Stu. That would be my thought. Uh, looking at Leon Drysaddle's stats, by the way, I think he's eight and four for 12 points in his last 13 games, which I mean, it's nothing to shake a stick at, but by his standards. But the thing that's interesting to me is the four assists in 13 games. This is one of the best puck distributors on the planet. Brownie, what are you seeing with Leon Dreisaitl? Well, part of it is the guys he's been playing with aren't goal scorers. Um, I mean, Kane Fair. went had one even strength goal in 12 games uh, before the last two games, both uh 
Fogel, Fogel, they'd had one goal in what twenty games, and McLeod had two goals on the season. One was in an empty net, so he played with Yanmark for a while, who's got one goal on the season. He played with Connor Brown, who's got zero goals on the season. Uh, he, part of it is his line mates. I mean, Connor McDavid's playing on a line that's all world. Uh, Leon Drysettle, the wingers have been very cold. All the players that have uh, that are <laughs> on the wing outside of the top two. Now, right now, they found something with Fogel. And McLeod, hopefully that will continue. But I don't think anyone would have thought that that would be your second line at the beginning of the season. So part of it, I mean, I don't think Leon's playing as well as he did. Their power play is not scoring. So they didn't have, they didn't have zero, they had zero power play goals on this road trip. That mm-hmm. will affect his assists. Uh, but I, I agree. I don't think this is, Drysaddle's been fine, but he's not been all world. And we're used to having Leon being all world most nights. Anything on that, Struds? No, I'd agree. I think that, you know, there's ebbs and flows, right? And I think that he's trying to when, – when that top line is what they are, I, I think he has to maybe modify his game a little bit um, instead of trying to get the wingers to modify him. Maybe when you're that good, you got to be able to find a way to just have a different style of game, right, rather than than play maybe the way the more high-skilled play you want to play. Brownie signals a little gummed up, so I know people, some people on the stream are commenting, asking if he's still on dial-up. <laughs> I actually know for a fact you got off your wallet and got the high speed stuff. I did. Like, this is the expensive stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. My poor wife had to work overtime for us to afford it. But hey, <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, when you get a clear signal, I'll start paying you for the shows. Uh, <laughs> uh, one more time to the Weiss Johnson Soundbox. And a reminder it might be chilly now, but you'll be a hero when that first day of heat arrives and you got the sweet AC up and running. A new unit installed by the pros from Weiss Johnson. Can do that for you. Order now. Save with their festive December special. 25% off any in-stock air conditioners. It's a great deal. I have one. For details, visit wjcools.com. Jingle. Chris Knobloch on uh, the way the trip finished and the trip overall heading to the break. First of all, you don't get very many... um come from behind wins in the third period when you're trailing very difficult to win games and we were able to do that um two nights and back to back so it's even uh, less likely so i liked our guys perseverance um they've worked hard and stuck with the game plan and they deserve a nice little break for the christmas um for christmas break and um you know we're looking forward to getting started again the difference between winning those two games or even just splitting them heading into the break for the Oil, that was big, man. That was that was back-to-back games against one of the better teams in the league on the second day. You come from behind, you win. Good, solid team win. That was big for that group, and they can feel good about themselves. 500, not where they want to be, but having won 10 of their last 13. When we come back, did you hear of Andrew Kane postgame? Did you hear his comments? Some people were talking about his lack of celebration on the ice. How'd you feel about those things? We'll hear from Kane. We'll discuss it. Interested to hear what Streddy might have to say. He's in a bit of a mood tonight. Stay with us. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Kelly here from United Sport and Cycle. Christmas is just around the corner, and we've got everything you need for the athlete and sports fan on your list. With over 30 different sports under one roof, including hockey, bikes, ball, and our amazing fan shop, United is your one-stop shop for everything sport. Don't know what to buy? A United gift card is always a fan favorite. United Sport and Cycle, your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. 
Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club is YEG's top destination for adult recreational sports. Offering over 20 different options, including ball hockey, indoor volleyball, pickleball, and now ice hockey for all you fans out there looking to lace them up for the first time or get back into the game after a few years off, like Struddy. Sign up by December 13th for the winter season beginning mid-January at edmontonsportsclub.com. Time now for takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health, where they specialize in total body and mind wellness from chiropractic and massage care treatments to acupuncture, ac <laughs> acupuncture, soft tissue therapy, nutrition, and even an on-site registered psychologist. Dr. Tyler Fix and Redefined Health are there to help you get well and stay healthy for a lifetime. Visit redefinedhealth.com. Uh, Struts, did you hear Kane post-game, or did you just see his reaction to the goal? Uh, well, I, I definitely saw the reaction to the goal. And, uh, you know, I, as a teammate who likes to celebrate other guys scoring, I would say at, at, to describe it would be, be a muted uh, celebration. <laughs> yes. It's a muted. At, at the, at, that would be a very positive way of putting it in there. I saw, well, I watched both the, the goal celebration, lack of, and I also heard the post game. Uh, very, we, our, the first phone call we had on our post game show with the Oilers show was about what's wrong with Kane? Why is he upset? And he, they referenced uh, the post game. We hadn't heard it yet. We did later. And then he referenced the, the goal celebration. That was a huge goal that he scored. Huge. Uh, huge. Jonathan Quick was outstanding through 40 minutes. They finally break him with Hyman, and then right away, your third line scores a goal. Huge. In New York, you're about to win back-to-back -back games, 10 out of 13. That is huge. That looked, now again, this is just looking from the outside. I have no idea. But to me, it looked like a player that's frustrated with where he's playing. Uh, we've seen when the Oiler players score big goals, the excitement level when they celebrate. McLeod with his smile with no teeth. Fogel when he celebrates. Uh, we've seen the fourth line when Derek Ryan's been on a lot, the celebrations. So when Ryan and Yanmark are on for a goal for, that's huge for them because the, their ice time is limited to how well they play. So they score a huge goal. That is a big moment. And it was taken away a bit when the guy that just scored the goal has zero celebration. And then yeah, at the end of the game, when he was interviewed, his words were, Something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing. Well, I, I got it here, Brown. Okay, then play. I got it here. So we'll let you listen to this, and then we will debate the meaning of it all. Here's Evander Kane. You know, it's uh, nice, uh, nice to get in the score sheet. You know, limited minutes. Um, I thought our line did a did a good job. You know, Derek Ryan was uh, great in the faceoff circle, and uh, obviously Yanni doing what he does best, uh, kind of up and down, and and, and getting uh, pucks out of the corners there down low, and um, we were able to find one, so that was nice. 
Okay. In limited minutes. In limited but, minutes. So, so I mean, he threw the limited minutes yeah. thing in there. He was 14 and change, 1440. But then he went on to compliment his uh, line mates. Struds, yeah. having heard that for the first time. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I a quick look. I think that was the third lowest ice time of the, of the year, right? I think that that, that you know that that I saw. Uh, just a quick look. Um, you know, it's I I do get it. I I understand where he's coming from. That you know he he wants to be further up the line, right? He wants to be, but right now he's not going to be beside Connor because of the way that line is playing. And then you know for whatever reason he and Leon weren't having the success they wanted. I think when you're a veteran in that situation, I think you have to understand the moment and where the team is at and how important that moment is for your group. And that moment being whether it's his goal or whoever's goal or just winning that game, I think you really have to kind of understand and say, okay, I'll take a step back here. And I can always go talk to the coach after Christmas or the, and say, hey, man, like, what, what's going on here? Why, where are my minutes at? Why am I on this line? And I think that what, not, what I just said it would be similar to what Nodlock just said. You know, Kane on the third line is a pretty good matchup for for most of the time. He should get chances, right? You're not pairing against uh, its top pair. You're not playing against the maybe other team's top line. So I, I think you have to step back and say, is this good for the team? And I, I don't always think that that's Evander's first response to any situation. But I think that the Oilers need him to look at that, Brownie. Well, I agree. If if the Oilers are going to make a run at A, the playoffs, and a lengthy playoff run, they need a very good Evander Kane. He's got to be a big part of their of their team. He's going to be getting second line minutes, uh, and they need him to play the way he's capable of playing. The last twelve games, Evander Kane has not played well, not up to the standards they need. Uh, he was playing either with Connor or Leon in most of those games, and the ones that he's been playing with Leon, their line wasn't good, so they switched the lines up. And McLeod and Fogle had some chemistry with Leon. They carried it on. Played well in New Jersey, won the game. Played well in New York, won the game. That's got to be a celebration. You've won 10 of 13. You just won back-to-back games on the road. Fogle and McLeod were fantastic in both games. I think when you go public with something like that, you're saying that I'm more important than the minutes I got. Well, then what does that say to the players that normally play those minutes? Are the players that play less than those minutes. You can be frustrated. I understand he's frustrated. He's probably frustrated that Hyman's on the first power play unit and they don't change their unit, and all of a sudden he's getting 30 seconds. But those are things that you deal with the coach privately. Say, hey, you know what? What's going on? I need I need 18 minutes, 20 minutes. What what do I need to do? But that's got to be private. And the one thing that we've seen with, with Evander, and this isn't the first time, this is the second or third time this year, he said something publicly about limited minutes. So... I'm going to chime in here with a bit of a different take. Part of it is to play devil's advocate, but I actually am not quite as convinced as you guys. Davin made a good point here on the stream. He said, Kane sounds like a guy who isn't excited to be 500. Now, I've been interviewing Evander Kane all season long, observing him. And there'll be times where Kane will be sitting in a stall, chatting with the media members, laughing, joking around a little bit, you know, just kind of off the record stuff, that kind of thing. We haven't seen much of that lately. Um, Evander Kane's interviews have been muted lately. Uh, on nights where Evander Kane has had good nights, he's come in there and been muted lately. Uh, I think he is really frustrated with where this team is at. And I think I that's consistent for me over the last couple of, you know, well, the last month or so. So I'm not saying that there's no frustration there, but 
it is consistent with his mood throughout this stretch. And so, I don't know. I'm not quite as offended by it. I thought he went on to compliment both of his line mates in the same answer. And I think that matters. And you know what? For him to fire that little shot across the bow on the minutes, Struds, while not ideal, if you're Chris Knobloch, you're like, all right, great. Show me. Like, yeah, show me. Sure. I don't think you worry about it if you're the coach. You just, you don't mind a player that's a little grumpy about his ice time and you, you give him a chance to show you. No, no, it's fair. I, I guess to be the devil's advocate, to your devil's advocate, Ooh. you know, you just Does that want- make you an angel? Uh, well, that's what my mom would say when you have, when you have that, you have a, a, a huge win, like make no mistake about it. This tonight was a humongous win. And from a distance through my TV, it felt like a really weird celebration. Part of it was the goal at the end. And I'm sure when they got in the dressing room, everyone was really happy and excited, but like, you know, you, you came back from on a really good team and won a game in a tough building two days before or whatever, three days before Christmas, like I think that's one of those ones you're just fired up and there's beers a couple I know on the on in the bus after. Like yeah. I just I, was I, the I relief think it, struds? Was it relief when the goal went in? Did he turn around and he was like like finally? That's that's not what I saw. I didn't think that either. No. No. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't interpret it was more I read it as more as like, look, I can still do it. You know, like look yeah. at me, guys. I can still do it here even though I'm not on whatever line I want to be on. And I, I get I get it. He he has higher expectations, maybe for himself, from what you're saying, Sean. And, and for this team, I get that. But as a veteran player, you're brought in to also guide the team and help the team, right? And I I, I don't know. I, I, I hope you're right, Shogger. And I, I, you're around that team every day, so your sense is, is probably very clearer than, than what we're seeing. But just from a distance... I've seen that look before in other players. He's been pretty understated. Like one of the other answers in that interview, Brownie, I don't know if you heard the whole thing. No, I, I didn't. Reed played the whole thing. But yep. one of his first answers, he said, we're going to need a lot more of that if we're going to make mm -hmm. the playoffs. Yep. He was not ready to celebrate a big win. He's uh, There's a little bit of all business to him and a real distaste with where this team is at. Now, I'm not naive enough to think that it has nothing to do with where he's playing. I'm not naive enough to think that. But... I don't think this was as bad as even the, the you know, he's had a couple comments this year. This is third on the list for me compared to the other ones. Well, to be, I, I, I disagree simply because there was a lot of frustration before because the team was losing. This team is 10 and three in its last 13 games. It just won back to back games. So the comment was thrown out in a game that they won. Yeah. It wasn't in a game that they lost. It was thrown out in a game that they won, Limited a minutes. big game that they won. So, so that to me, that that puts puts a takes a little shine off a win. Well, just keep in mind that Freddie felt he got limited minutes in last night's pod, and he was not afraid <laughs> to make that very clear very early on. So, True. bit of prima donna situation happening on the pod. Uh, as we wrap up our takeaway segment, I asked you guys, uh, what's under the tree for the Oilers? What's under the Christmas tree for the Edmonton Oilers? Did you think of anything? Did you do your homework on the way home, Struds Brownie? You can start. Okay, I got three things. Uh, one, health. The Oilers uh, have put themselves in a position where they got to play good hockey all season long. They can't afford a long stretch missing any of their top players. They need good health. Don't they already uh, have that? Isn't that a gift no, they do. They already but have? I mean, yeah, but you got to continue. Like, you can't have just good health until Christmas, and all of a sudden it's all over. Now we're so they need good health. health in continued health. Two, mittens. Mittens for McLeod, mittens for Fogel. Right now their hands are hot. 
I do not want them to cool off during the Christmas break. So I want them wearing mittens the entire Christmas break. And number three, I want salary cap room. I don't know how they're going to find it. I don't know if someone's going to take Campbell's contract, what they're going to do. But this Oiler team needs depth at the deadline. They need depth on the back end. They need depth up front. And they need another goaltender. To do that, they need salary cap room. So those are the three things that I think the Oilers would be on my wish list under the Christmas tree. Ready? Yeah, why don't you ask Ray Ferraro? He'd probably have an idea. <laughs> so I've got three as well. No, just kidding. I only have two. Um, number one, that uh, Dylan Holloway uh, becomes a top six player. And my second one would be a Klim Koskin like or Costin like trade where they're able to move, you know, maybe a guy who's in the minor leagues for another guy that can help out, preferably in the top six, a little bit bigger body. Shogger? Yeah, good stuff. For me, it's that Skinner comes back and doesn't miss a beat. He's got a little bit of momentum going in his game right now. Um, I know people didn't like, you know, a couple games that they lost here recently, but I think Stuart Skinner is absolutely critical to this thing going the right way. And if his game is heading in the right direction, you don't want the Christmas break to stall that in any way, shape, or form. I've got a healthy Dylan Holloway soon, Strud, so I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And then a third-line center. They got away with it here tonight. I don't think they have a long-term solution at third-line center. I think there's a chance Ryan McLeod will be a better winger than he has been a center so far, so that's definitely on their wish list. Might be a little early come Christmas time to fill that, though. So there you have it. Uh, yeah, our Christmas wish list for the Edmonton Oilers. Maybe we'll take some of those in our Ask Us Anything segment as well. So if you want to send in your suggestions on the stream, go ahead and do that. That was Takeaways brought to you by Redefined Health. When we come back, an early Christmas present for Rob Brown. Yet another edition of Struddy's World coming up. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster. Find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here, someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. And now for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. They've got locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. Whether you're a homeowner, a contractor, a builder, DLR is the most reliable source for vinyl fence product. They opened back in 2005. They're not going anywhere. Unmatched service, high quality, North American made products. That's my brother's company, Rick. Runs the branch here at Edmonton, and for you Calgary listeners, and they are plentiful on this podcast, guys. Rob runs the branch out in Calgary. Check them out at DLR Vinyl Products. 
Ca. Struddy, what do you got tonight, my man? Ginger snaps, I'll pass. Shortbread, no thanks. Um, you know, anything with cinnamon on it, <laughs> unless it's a China White, I'll, I won't take it either. Gingerbread cookies, keep those in your pocket. I don't want them. But when you're passing around the tray that has fudge on it, of all the Christmas delicacies, that is the one that these mighty mitts reach out for. Because if you're packing fudge, I'm loving it. I'm all about it. I think it's absolutely delicious. And it is my favorite, by far, my favorite Christmas treat. <laughs> oh, you did it again. You did it again, Struds. You did it again. <laughs> Absolute. Oh, Struds. Oh, my okay. God. I don't can even think we can please... acknowledge that last one. I think we can some... just let that. Can we I, not I like pre-read his stuff before he talks about <laughs> it? <laughs> um. Oh my god. Oh my oh god. My. We we gotta <laughs> just leave that one, or we're gonna get. We'll. I think we'll get like booted off of. Can you get booted off of YouTube for? We're gonna get a different, a new label. We won't be like it'll be explicit here. Um. Okay. First of all, is Fudge really a Christmas? Delicacy. I mean, do you have like we have we get all these baking things sent to us, like trays of baked goods or neighbor Nancy, fancy Nancy present over all these cookies and stuff, and they're fantastic. I've never had, I've never had fudge in it. Like, is, is is I didn't know that that was is there's Christmas fudge in the Strudwick. Christmas is that fudge is the thing. That's a family Where? tradition. Oh, my family tradition. Shocker. We have it all the time. Shocker. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not trying not to keep this together fudge. too. Um, do you have Christmas fudge? Not, not a lot of Christmas fudge. <laughs> no, no. I, and like we, we have family coming in from all over the place, and nobody packs it, so it's not. Uh... No one's bringing the fudge in. I, I tell you guys, I, I love the fudge. I can't tell you how much I love fudge, and it's that's the only time my mom makes it. We were over there, we had it. That's where I was for the Christmas party, watched the Oilers game. I don't tell you guys, it was fantastic. I got another one here. I got another one here, like. Who the hell keeps gingerbread men in their pockets? <laughs> well, I'm trying. You to, I said just... keep that gingerbread man in your pocket. Who in the Sam hell is running around nice. with gingerbread man that they're going to offer you straight out of their pocket? The feedback I get from you is to be, be more like just prepared and ready to uh. lay out what I have. So I went through four Christmas treats that are at the top of many people's list. I don't know where they keep them all. You know, I don't know where they have it. But I was just rolling it out, saying I'll pass. You can forget about it. And I want to make it clear where I feel with the fudge. With you walnut. made it clear. Everybody oh, yeah. now knows. We, we now know. There's no yep. where you stand on that. Uh, Forty yep. Night says your YouTube channel has just been demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be a family show here, but Struddy's world is just getting in the way. Wow. Well, there you go, Brownie. That is an early Christmas present for you, buddy. No, no, it there. wasn't. That that was coal in the stockings right there. That was coal in the stockings. Oh. <laughs> I certainly don't like the fudge. <laughs> Jason Fudgewick, Dan J says, and throws that into the podcast. Uh, good stuff. That was Struddy's World. Sorry, Rick and Rob. Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that, brothers. Brought to you by DLR. Vinyl products with locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. Brownie, what is your all-time favorite Christmas treat? Like on the treat dish, what can you not keep your hands off of? Um, well, I like sugar cookies with icing on them. Love those. 
so we got those upstairs yeah my daughter makes those all the time and when we put the the icing on like we are like it's triple layered so you can barely taste the sugar cookie it's all icing but that would be the one uh, that we eat the most here you know the one that gets me and randy started doing them like i think just the year i think might have been covid so the nibs licorice you cut those in half and then half of it you basically dip them in chocolate and then you sprinkle them with candy and then you put them in the fridge. And so you end up with a chocolate covered nib that Ooh. has candy sprinkles on it. They're off the charts. So good. That would be good. I'm, I actually Strides might just, get one right now. That is good. Strides, Strides is obviously fudge. He's a big fan of the fudge. Yep. Christmas fudge. It's unlike <laughs> any other. Freddy's <laughs> World brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Brownie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our podcast. And Merry Christmas to you and to your family. And look forward to talking to you after the break, pal. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. Everyone listening tonight, Merry Christmas to you guys too. Have a safe holiday. And we will see you after Santa comes. Bye bye. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximum Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Brought to you by Backscape, the product that's taking the world by storm right now. Get rid of unwanted back hair by yourself with Backscape. It's water resistant, rechargeable, got a nice long handle, lets you take care of business on your own. And I got a huge sale right now. 30 to 50% off. Visit backscape.com. That's B-A-K-scape.com and choose from a variety of packages that can be delivered right to your door. Backscape, stay smooth, gentlemen. Okay, let's get this back on the rail, Struds. You talk for a little bit and make some sense. Yeah, let's get into it. So the big trade uh, this offseason with Pierre-Luc Dubois went down to the Kings and people were wondering, okay, how's it going to work out for uh, for the the Jets, you know, a team that seemed to be losing some players? Well, they got a couple of players back, and Gabe Velarde, who had some injury issues early, is now thriving. And I'm talking yeah, about thriving on a top-line role with Shifley and Ehlers. On that line has been one of the hottest lines in the league, and Velarde has been one of the hottest. He scored again tonight, so that's five games with a goal for him. 12 points in the last five games. Uh, this year he has uh, 15 points in 14 games. Obviously some, some injury issues. Just to compare, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who signed a, a significant contract with the Kings, he's got 29 games played and he's only got 13 points. So, you know, it's short term and we need not to get too excited. But, you know, it looks like the return that they got for Pierre-Luc Dubois, a guy who wanted out, is really looking good and it maybe added more depth to their lineup in Winnipeg. Shogger. Tough 
like tough trade to make when a guy wants out, he's a center, you know, chances are you're probably not going to get the best player in that trade. Right. So they spread it out a little bit, a little bit, and they bring in a few different guys. I mean, Velarde had 23 goals in 63 games last season. So he looked like a guy that maybe was going to break out. But when you make somebody the centerpiece of a trade like that, and he was one of the centerpieces, there's some risk there. So is that pro scouting? Is that Shevel Day off? Is that who's the person that's in that room going, no, Velarde has to be in the deal. Velarde has to be the guy. Because that didn't feel obvious, Streds. No, no, it didn't. And, and uh, but, you know, I remember watching him play. Obviously, you see him with the Oilers when he was with the Kings for quite a bit. And he, he is a dynamic talented player he was a high pick i want to say i want to say he was around 10 or so i might i might be wrong somewhere in there um but it's looked really good for them and, and the jets look more balanced um and for the kings they're probably still waiting for perluc dubois to kind of arrive but the good thing is byfield's playing well then you know yep. and obviously kopitar are filling up those top two center spots it's not like they desperately need him to be the man but I'm sure yeah. they're looking for Jets, more like Jets are playing pretty well without Connor too. And that's the thing when a player yeah. like that, I mean, your, your go-to guy isn't there and you're still able to pick up wins and still able to play well. That's a pretty snappy turnaround for that organization. Hey, when you think about, I think about walking around at the draft and all the talk about shovel day <laughs> off and which trades are going to happen. What's he going to be able to do? How many of these guys? And it was Shifley and it was Halibut and it was the whole mess. And it dates back to even when it was Wheeler. Pretty snappy little turnaround here. Well, I think the big thing were those two guys signing back on, right? Hellebuck and Shifley. Uh, that that I, I did not see that coming. And good for on them of getting it done. Both those guys wanting to stay. Then obviously you had Rick Bonus and and uh, the incident, the health scare with his wife, and she's back. So they've had, you know, some yeah. some things happen to kind of and then the trade, obviously, all before that was Predict Dubois going out the door. So yeah, I, I like it. I think it spreads their depth out more and helps them out. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Then on the flip side of that, you've got uh, Philly and um, and Detroit, Detroit playing tonight. A bit of a barn burner, and wasn't it? Detroit gets up. They they score five goals in the first period. It's 5-1. Yeah. So you get early in the second period. And, um, you know, Kristen Fisher kind of – I don't think it was awful. Takes a run at uh, Nick Sealer of the Flyers, a, a D-man who actually is a UFA after this year. And they get into a fight. And you know, I didn't think there was – I think you could say that Sealer was the aggressor, but I wouldn't say it was like a wild jumping. Like he didn't jump all over Fisher and fight him. But anyways, they both go off onto the benches, and then the ref comes over and hammers Sealer for 2, 5, and 10. And Sealer goes bonkers. Right away, the, the ref lines him up, and you're out of the game, and he goes out. And the whole way, he's giving it to both refs, and he's just losing it. So it's now 5-1, and guess what happens? He's off. Philly gets back in this game. They mm -hmm. end up getting back into it. It ends up being 6-6 at the end of regulation and 3-on-3 three -three overtime. It goes to a shootout where uh, their newest player uh, for Detroit scores, Patrick Kane, should note he had three points tonight, so maybe he's starting to feel it in 20 minutes of action. But it, it's it's pretty rare. Usually I've been in that situation where you just snap and you're mad, and then you know, you're like, ah, I'll just get kicked out of this game. It doesn't really matter. But your team comes back. So Sealer probably felt pretty good about himself for Philly getting back into a game. Um, and we've seen a bit of that this year with teams kind of getting back into games. We just saw it Toronto, what was it, a week ago, Shogger? Yeah, for sure. What was the most snap show you went, like, at officials in a game? Never mind um, an opponent, never mind a... I don't think I ever got really mad at a ref. And I, I try to really be muted with it. I really... 
I, I didn't want to embarrass them because I always wanted the benefit of the doubt. And I do think that over my career, I got the benefit of the doubt more often than not because I didn't embarrass them. Um, and I, I do think that's the way. If you show them up, if it's a 50-50 call, I think they're going to they're gonna dunk on you. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, you would think defensemen would have very little interaction with linesmen in particular too, hey? Like, what do you need to deal with linesmen about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. I really, I mean, maybe an offside you felt was offside, or, but you know, I just, I just don't think, I don't believe there's any value in grinding, working a ref over all the time. I, I looking back, I wish I'd maybe had more of a relationship with some of them, but mm-hmm. I think my relationship one is I, I wanted to show them respect so that I would hopefully get the benefit of the doubt on 50 50 calls. I would get upset with them, I guess, if if you really need a point is when uh, I felt that the player dive or dove. Yeah. I would really get upset. I Because I, I I think it's embarrassing that someone dives, whether it's my own teammate or the other team. I just don't think that's the spirit of the game. Um, and and I, I felt I could tell, and the refs weren't always able to tell. And, you know, I I, I make I have holes in my game too, so I, yeah. I, I don't want to trip them too much. Dr. Gonzo reminding me about, reminding me about icings. For sure, that would be a big one for a D-man. You miss a pass and... Um, yeah, yeah so, anyway, I, I think that's the right approach, though. A little bit more muted, like you know, and for centers in particular, we're seeing so many centers get tossed out, <laughs> and dry saddles digging in a little with them. But like, you got to be careful. You see the odd game where the where you'll catch linesmen when they're mic'd up, like they're not afraid to give it back to guys a little too. Hey, it's not all just a one way conversation, they're not afraid of certain guys. Hey. But that's a very intimate thing, right? There's three people involved in a very intimate moment of the game, right? It's yeah. so, and like I said, I can see the icing and stuff. And you, if you feel like you got, like, if you don't feel like you get the red line or you feel like you did get it and they called it out, that, that was frustrating. Or if the other team didn't get the red line, but that's just like me and the linesman. This is a linesman and an opponent who you're competing with and your own emotion. So it's way more intimate. Yeah. All right. That was Taking a Lap, brought to you by our great friends over at Backscape. And a reminder, 30 to 50% off right now. Visit Backscape.com. Now it is time for our Ask Us Anything segment, brought to you by our great friends at Match Eatery and Public House. They are your Ice District dining destination. A reminder, $50 gift card right now gets you a bonus $10 card and two match-branded beer sleeves as well. Uh, Steve. How's the mood on the stream and in the chat? Everyone seems pretty good. Jeremy says uh, some nice uh, Christmas joy for us. He says, uh, Rob Brown sure adds another level to the podcast. I love it when Struds and Brown rip on each other with that fantastic banter. <laughs> so thanks, Jeremy. Um, some under the tree suggestions. Uh, so Jay says consistency. He wants to see some consistency yep, under the tree. Yeah, 100%. Penner's Pancakes says uh, continued solid five v5 play and a great job coffee cup for nurse <laughs> he's been excellent <laughs> yeah struts big picture here darnell nurse's game i mean of all the players whose game is trended up he's got to be pretty close to the top of the list in terms of overall quality wouldn't you say yeah there was a play i want to talk about i think it was in the first period it was i believe it was a two-on-one he, he broke it up he laid down don't always love it but he laid down right by the net and i think it was a stick to so knock it down yeah Really nice, subtle play, right? And those, you don't really get credit for that, right? You don't, it's it's not a goal. It doesn't register as a goal or a hit or whatever, but I, I really like that subtle play. I will chime in about the consistency. I think there's a case to be made that at the last 15 games, they've had one poor game. One that wasn't consistent to what their effort needs to be. Um, so I think they're actually delivering on that consistency. Um, 15? 
I'd say, well, what are we? I'm oh, sorry. Is it be eight? There are 13 sorry, right 13. now. Like they've won yeah, 10 13, of 13. 13. Okay. So 13. Yeah. Thir- yeah. 13. 13 games. My bad. Uh, we got uh, Kegel saying, got your back podcast. Guys, were you as pissed as me at Wheeler's stupid celebration on his goal? I've never seen a more creepy look. <laughs> I think, though, he was he was more just really surprised by the play that uh, was it Zabinijad, I think, that tapped it up to him. Like that was, I think that was intentional and that was off the chart skill to slide it in there. So I think he was more reacting to like, oh my God, I can't believe I got that pass. Yeah, I, I it was a it was a weird look though. It didn't that piss was, me off. Yeah. I don't care, but I definitely think it was a bit of a bizarre look for sure. But it was just a thing between two teammates, Steve. Some stranger says, uh, "You guys think Nobby has calmed this group down? They sure seem a lot more composed." We take on the personality of your coach, right? Um, you know, when we had Pat Quinn here as a coach, you know, God rest his soul, he is very, um, very exuberant on the bench. And I think that that can kind of rock your bench when you're when you're a young group. Um, but Knobloch, like he's very very calm everywhere he is. He's very calm, and I don't think you need to scream and yell or at, at your players if 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 you feel they're prepared and you empower them to play the game that the way you want them to play. And I think he's done a good job. And and that's not an indictment of of Woodcroft or Manson, but I think his style is very very calm. You never really know. Good or bad, you can't really tell when you look at him on the bench, and I like that. And I think what we're seeing is he's recently here through that three-game losing streak, he started to implement a level of practical accountability. And it's very practical accountability, right? Of Andrew Kane's game. Well, he's playing sure. on the line he deserves to be playing on right now. That, that's just facts. Yeah, I like Hunter that. Brown's yeah. healthy scratching, that's just facts. That just makes sense. So there's a there's only so much accountability you can have when your when your roster is short, but uh, to me it's practical accountability he's implementing, but it's it's done in a calm fashion. So yeah, honestly, I do think he's calmed this group down. I do. And there's a note, I'd be interested to know if Connor Brown would have played tonight if Sam Gagne was healthy. I would I will never know. Yeah, we won't. To, I would love to know in that moment what what would happen. Yeah. Uh, the Bison mm-hmm. Mask guy says, uh, what do we take from the celebration following the win tonight? Uh, is that something we should be looking at, or is it just a one-off? Or is the team more disconnected than what the, what the narrative is? The celebration? I, you mean like after the final buzzer? Yeah, I believe so. Well, it, I just it was weird. I think the fact that that goal went in and make it 4-3, I think it just... It kind of it it brings down the level of joy just a little bit, right? Like, and then they had to wait for that puck to be dropped at the point one. Like Connor was sitting on the bench. Like it was just it the was late weird. goal. Yeah, it's a weird way for it yeah. to happen. I think by the time they got back to the dress room, they would have been pretty happy, right? Like, let's you know, not every win's gonna be a Picasso. So I think they're there, but it is just the way it all came out was weird. So I, I think we got to give them a pass on that one. Cause I thought we saw a lot more joy uh, the previous night. So I think the late I think they would have been feeling crappy for Skinner. Like I think I I don't you guys didn't agree with me. I think that was a big deal. It was like, come on. And so I could see how they were probably feeling like, ah, sorry, Stu. There were probably some sorry stews at the end of that game, I would think. We owe you one. That's what they'll say. Hey man, we owe yeah, you we one. Yeah, we owe you one. That. But oh. they also got him a win, so that kind of you know helps. Uh, there was one I saw, I uh, can't remember exactly who it was from, was asking those struds at that timeout that the Rangers called. And by the way, the timing on that was interesting because there was a commercial break that wasn't that far away, but they decided to call it anyways. 
Um, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think a coach says in that moment? I guess it changes coach to coach, but what do you think in that moment was said? You know what? I love that time I'll call by him because you could feel the ice was tilted and they had just seen what happened the previous night. So he's like in his mind, man, if, if they score this third goal right away, we're done. So I'm going to break the rhythm because I think maybe Shogger, he's thinking I'm going to get two timeouts, my timeout I call mm -hmm. and then the TV timeout and really break the rhythm. Um, and really what you say for a coach, say, Hey guys, let's get back to what we do. Well, like this is what, this is how we play. Maybe a reminder about what the orders do well. They want to beat you off the rush or whatever. So you, you kind of, but it's more about your group. This is what we're not doing. Let's do this. This is when we're playing well. Reminders of that. And then again, just you're like a cooler. You're trying to be the cooler. So I think he was looking for two. To, if I'm, I maybe give him too much credit, but I, I hear what you're saying about the time. But I think they're trying to get a double time out in there to really break the rhythm, let his team kind of get their legs back underneath him. Yeah, two more, Steve. Okay, some uh, love for Skinner. Freezer Bag said Skinner was fantastic tonight. Shane Matheson says Skinner won them that game. Sweet. Tito says, other than that last goal, I thought that may have been Skinner's best game of the year so far. Wasn't it uh, notable, Struds, that it, when he took that puck up high and got his bell rung there and then had the pleasantries with all the Rangers, uh, I like the way he came back and competed right away. Like, didn't rattle him at all. I've never been a goalie. I've never taken a shot in the collarbone or in the chin <laughs> or whatever. I would assume it has to throw you off a little bit, but I like the way he got back in there and right away slid post to post on that same power play, squared up and made a good save. Uh, I mean, it's a normal thing for a goalie to get hit in the head. So they get hit in the head in practice quite often, <laughs> right? And especially when you're growing up, you're getting hit all the time. So I think they're used to it. They, they go back. But I, I do, I think Stu had a really good, some really nice saves, some 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 good moments. Um, but I think we can't forget what Jonathan Quick did on the other side. You know, he really covered the bottom of the net really well. And it took yeah. the orders a while until maybe Hyman to get the puck up, right? Get it up. Don't, he's, he's taking away the bottom of the net. Get that puck up. Hyman did, and they kind of got the ball rolling. Uh, Davin wonders whether uh, Connor Brown will be scratched again, and I guess the bigger question if, is uh, if we assume Gagne's healthy and comes back in, what happens with the lineup? Yeah, it's a good question, and that goes back to what Struds was saying before. Like, would Brown have been in tonight? Struds, you made it clear you would have scratched him again and just gone back to the same lineup, right? Two, two reasons. One, I, I would not change a winning lineup. It just sends all the no. wrong messages to your group. Um, and then the other part is, you know, let him stew in it a little bit, right? Let him let him get a little bit upset yeah. and play a little more edge to his game. The other thing is the guy likely to come out would have been Adam Ernie, and he's from that area. Like he's that's kind of going home for him, is it not? Is he not from in and around that area? I think. Well, why would he deserve to come out? Well, you know, I know. Well, if, if you are knoblock and you have to go down and say to Adam Ernie, hey, buddy, listen, I know this is near around where you come from. I know you had a good game yesterday and scored a big goal for us, but we're sitting you. Yeah, I, from why? Connecticut. Why, why are you sitting me? Why? Like, I, I just, I, yeah. I, I don't think you can, with a coach with a clear conscience, walk down and tell that guy that story. Can't do it. All right. That was Ask Us Anything brought to you by Match Eatery and Public House. Uh, there was one more in there, actually. Uh, I think Kay Gill and a couple of other people said, Shogger, where can we get those hats? Referring to the Got Your Back cap I'm wearing Ooh. tonight. So, and that segues into Struddy's appearance on the podcast brought to you by our great friends over at Kin Print, helping you find creative ways to promote your brand, high-quality apparel. With top-of-the-line brands, visit kinprint.ca. Yeah, we're in design with Kin Print. We want to do some apparel in the new year. We would love to get some stuff out there. So this was our first iteration of it. I like it. 
um, really like it, but we're going to keep working on a few different things. And so maybe in the new year, we'll have some apparel options for you here on Got Your Back. But thanks for your interest in that. Thanks to Kinprint for these. Uh, and by the way, got a nice Christmas present from Kevin and the amazing crew over at Kinprint sent us a couple extra hats. Actually, let me show you here real quick, Struds. Is there any plans to make a visor? I love a visor for the golf course. So they sent this one over as well. Bit of a different look. It's got the logo over on the side. So some people kind of prefer a little oh, bit yeah. more of a chill look sure. there. So they sent us that one too. And we're just, we're working our way through what we like best. So, so is that uh -huh. a hard no on the visor or what do they? On the what? A visor. Like, are they going to make, I'd like to, I'd like to get one in the visor. I can wear it as on, on the visor when I play golf. You know, I like the visor. Oh, the, oh, the golf visor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they can do it, man. If you can dream it, they can do it over at Kinprint. So we'll, we'll get I'm one buddy. It all night long. We will get one for you. <laughs> Let's wrap the podcast with our gem of the day brought to you by Edmonton's most iconic home for everything sports. United Sport and Cycle, the final days before Christmas and their last minute Christmas sale is on as we speak. Save big for the athlete or the sports fan on your list. Visit www.unitedsport.ca. I don't want to disrespect our sponsor by going with the obvious gem of the day because we'll have to repeat it under their sponsorship banner. And I just, I sure. feel like we can do better for them than that. We all know what the gem of the day was, but we're <laughs> going to go with a secondary gem of the day today, two struts. So if you think about it for a moment, what is our gem number two of the day? Oh, I got one. And Adele hit a few high notes today, but I'm going to go with actually – um, your point you made, and I'm paraphrasing, about Evander Kane, and you feel that his frustration lies more with where the team is at more than with his frustration of his own minutes and play. And it's an angle I hadn't thought about, and it's pretty rare where, not rare, but it's, it is, I always love it when something kind of jogs my mind. I know I'll be thinking about that now for a while. So it was a really kind of understated, and to use your word, muted, point you made and i i liked it i i didn't consider that i sorry i hadn't considered that yeah and you know what I, I was thinking it as you guys were talking but i'll give davin who's a regular contributor on the stream credit because he also typed it in there and said kane sounds like a guy who's not happy with being 500 right now you kind of assume right when you hear a guy complaining about ice time yeah. or throwing that in there um but i think it's about more than just that so we'll see evander kane's going to work his way back up the lineup he's far too important not to and nice to see his new stick finally worked, Struds. Go back to the old one. I don't Go like, back don't to like the old sticks. ones. Put don't that like. under the Christmas tree for the Oilers. Evander Kane's oh, old stick. It. They've got, what was it, eight goals in eight games or whatever he had before yeah. he, he made the change. Uh, Struds, great job tonight, my friend. Merry Christmas to you and Shona and the kids. I hope you have a fantastic break. I know you're going to take a few days off. So we'll see you uh, in late December, I think it is, before you're back. Or are we doing right, right after Christmas? Oh, I don't know. Are we? Well, that's what you texted me today. Well, I thought you were gone the 27th. No, I said if we do it in the morning. Or you said anytime that day. Oh, so you might be back for the 27th then. Well, no, I'm on the 27th. Then we leave. So we'll do it the 27th. Well, let's let's oh. our dirty laundry in public here. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But it doesn't yeah, yeah. change the fact that I'm wishing you a Merry yeah, Christmas. Like, just stay to the point here. Merry Christmas to your family and obviously Steve and even the Zoob, the mighty Zoob. Even Zubers. Uh, Steve, thank you kindly for all your great work, my friend. It's been a pleasure adding you to the podcast this year. Great work. And Merry Christmas to you and your family out in Kelowna. Thanks, boys. Same right back at you guys. 
All right. And to all of you that listen to Got Your Back, that join us on the live stream, we hope you have a fantastic holiday season. Enjoy loved ones. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you on the other side of Santa Claus coming. Cheers, everybody.